Life Audio. In Psalm 57, we see David when he has been chased by Saul and he is hiding in a cave. And while many of us probably don't hide out in caves, I certainly have a version of that when I've been hurt or if I'm fearful or I'm waiting for something bad to happen and just kind of in that headspace, I have my own metaphorical cave that I go into. And I think it's something that is common to the human experience that we've all experienced from time to time, especially when we have been wounded in some way. And so we see the response of David the overflow of his heart is worship. And I love this picture that we're going to see in Psalm 57 as we unpack that a little bit. I pray it blesses you. After a quick word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's episode together. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our devotional reading through the Psalms and we are in Psalm 57. If you'd like to read along, I'm starting at verse 1. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. So Psalm 57 is one that was written by David. We're back in a section of Psalms that were written by David, who was, of course, um, a musician. And later we know that this psalm was put to music, and it was likely something that was sung whether it was in the temple or in a public space. But I think it's important to point out when he wrote this psalm. The note that we have around Psalm 57 is that David wrote it when he had fled from Saul into a cave. And there's two different instances where we see David fleeing from Saul and hiding in a cave. And and although that seems weird for us, 
we have to remember that David spent a lot of time in caves, hiding in the crags of, of rocks. He was a warrior that was out in the, you know, the battles that they fought were out in the open. He likely knew of a lot of different spaces to, to hide. David spent a lot of time outside. And so, um, it might sound weird for us, but I want to kind of just show some of the context around when David could have written this. There's two different occasions where we see David hiding in a cave after fleeing Psalm. The first is First Samuel 22, verse 1. It says, actually, I'm going to keep reading for a couple verses. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. So that's one situation where David was hiding in a cave after escaping from Saul. And then the second one is shortly after it. It's in 1 Samuel 24. And let's start at verse three. It says, he came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. That's the second time we've actually read this week even about opportunities that David had to kill Saul and he didn't. Um, but both of those times, David was in a cave fleeing Saul. And so this was obviously something that that was a season of David's life where, remember, Saul was somebody that previously he was in relationship with. So he's facing this betrayal. And so we're reading Psalm 57 that's written when he's hiding and he's not just hiding, but he's, he's still dealing with the grief of betrayal. Verse one, I think is important to point out in light of all of that. Verse one says, have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me for in you, my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. That takes on a, a new understanding when we're talking about him literally hiding in a cave. He's hiding in a cave saying, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to rest here in the shadow of your wings until this disaster passes over. And and this imagery of the shadow of your wings is very descriptive language. And it's giving us this picture of God's love and his protection and shelter from the storms of life. And, and we can take refuge under his wings when we come to him. How do we do that? Well, in prayer and we rely on him in faith. And it's this understanding that God protects us from everything that would work against his purpose for our lives. And while we may not literally have been hiding in caves, we all... I mean, I've, we've all experienced something, some form or some version of that. I, my cave is probably my bathtub. <laughs> like when I'm stressed, I go and I, I hide out in my bathtub or underneath the covers, or I barricade myself inside my family and I pull away from my relationships. Um, my personality is that when I get wounded, I withdraw. And I kind of hide away. And I think we've all kind of been there at certain times in our lives, especially when we've been wounded by somebody that we care about. And, you know, that's interesting imagery when it talks about hidden underneath the shadow of your wings. Because if you remember in the culture that David was in, in, in some of the other 
areas around him in ancient in the ancient Near East, this idea of winged creatures was something that was common to other gods in other locations. And one of the things that we see David do all the time throughout the Psalms is to place God, place Yahweh in a role higher than any other gods. And I also, as our family has done in the past, I also had this image of something that we've experienced raising chickens. And we had tried and tried and tried. We've raised chickens from just teeny tiny little chicks. We've done it, you know, a bunch of different ways where we have the heat lamps and, you know, hand feeding them and all those things. And the effort that it takes to raise little baby chicks that are very vulnerable, you know, we always buy more chicks than we need. We might buy 20 expecting 10 of them to make it because they're very fragile. And it was really interesting to find out there was one summer we were out in the near the the hen house and we always raise our baby chicks in the spring, early spring. And so it was really interesting that I look up and here's this mama with these little baby chicks. And I didn't even know that she had had chicks. I didn't know she was sitting on a nest. I didn't even know. I mean, and these, these were chicks that were big enough that they had been around. These were not brand new babies. And I thought how interesting that in, in the fact that I had been in that hen house every day, I had been outside with these chickens every day. And I did not even notice that this mama had hidden these chicks underneath her wings. And so that's the picture I think of every time I hear this verse about being hidden in the shadow of her her wings. Of course, I'm not a predator, but there's other predators outside. And there's just this opportunity for safety when these babies are hidden underneath the shadow of the mama's wing. And so that's just... um, I think something I think of when it comes to our relationship with God, that he can keep us hidden so much that the enemy won't even know that we're there, that he'll go take his attack to somebody else because we're hidden in the shadow of God's wing. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue discussing the rest of this episode together. Stay tuned. I want to go to verse three. I want to read that too, when we're talking about the love that God has for us and the way that he, he cares for us. It says he sends from heaven and saves me rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. This verbiage together, when it's talking about love and faithfulness together, it occurs together in other places, in other places in the Psalms and other places throughout the scripture. And what it means when those are are together, those words, love and faithfulness together in this, in this form is it's the meaning is that God fulfills his promises based on us being a covenant partner with him. And so that's important because it's not just about, okay, yeah, God loves us, but God is committed to fulfill his promises because he's in covenant with us. And so this idea of love and mercy, which is the that word has said that we've been talking about throughout the Psalms, combined with the word for faithfulness and truth, which is emet, it's personified as God's people are the recipients of of God's love and protection and promise. 
And so when it's used here, David is using it in terms of this disaster that's coming, that he's hidden and he's hiding and he's trusting God to protect him in the midst of this disaster. And the NIV will translate it as faithfulness. But really, truth is a better translation for this attribute of God, because the truth of it is that in faithfulness, God is true in faithfulness to his promise, because God cannot break his covenant to his people. And and I think that's a hard concept for us to understand, because even as adults, and we understand this term of covenant, or even like a contract, I think contract might even be a better word to explain what I'm talking about you can get out of contracts. There might be consequences. There might be financial consequences or relational consequences or career consequences, but you can get out of contract. With a covenant, what we're saying with this covenant is it's unbreakable. It's the kind of contract that is unbreakable. God cannot break his covenant with us. And I think sometimes we forget that, that that we just pray on and hope that God is going to intervene on our behalf. But instead, what we're seeing here is David lean into this, this promise of God, this together love and faithfulness, this truth of God's faithfulness. And I love that picture, that word picture together. And then in four, it says, I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. You have to remember that David is in a cave and there were lions in David's environment. It was very, very common to have lions in that part of the world. And we hear throughout the Psalms, part of David's story is fighting lions. And so he he very well may be, he's in a cave, he very well may be facing actual true lions, but then he's also likening those lions to the men that are after him. They're talking about how they are ravenous beasts and they're basically out to kill him. And while I have never been personally chased by a lion, I do know what it's like to be the victim of people with sharp teeth. And, you know, one time, even in ministry, something that ha- there was something that happened. And I remember going to our one of our mentor pastors, and I was like, man, this just this comment that somebody made, just really, really hurt. And, and he said to me, well, you know, you're a pastor. And one of the roles of pastor is shepherd, and sometimes sheep bite. And so sometimes it's not even just the lions that you have to watch out for, but sometimes it's even the sheep. And and what I say, or what I guess what I mean, what, I, what I'm saying by that is sometimes it's not even the enemies that you expect, but sometimes it's also friends, or it's other people that you are in community with, or they're part of your quote unquote flock. It can be difficult to be on the receiving end of those things, but I think it's something that many of us have experienced. And yet what we see here is David in verse five, right after that, he says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. He's he's leaning into that promise, that covenant promise of God, where he's taking his eyes off of the situation, fully understanding and realizing that there's a very real and present danger that is coming after him, but yet he is still looking to God in that situation. And then what we see next, I think, is really important in verse 7. So he's talking about how this is coming, this disaster is coming, these lions are are after him, he's facing a very real danger. Now remember, Saul is coming after him to kill him. 
And so he says, okay, I'm going to exalt you, Lord. And then in verse seven, he says, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. And and then in verse seven, what that's saying in the Hebrew, it switches it. So this is the, I'm reading from the NIV, where it says, my heart is steadfast, because that's how the English language works. But in the Hebrew, the word steadfast would be first, because it's emphasized. And so if we were to read that in the Hebrew, it would say, steadfast is my heart. Oh God, steadfast is my heart. Well, I don't know if you're like me, but I don't always necessarily understand what is meant by steadfast. Essentially what it's meaning is it's being firm or fixed. And so he's talking about how his heart is fixed on God. And not only is it fixed on God and he's focused on God, but he's going to sing and he's going to make music. He's worshiping in the in this cave when the danger is coming when he is facing possible death he is fixing his heart and his eyes and his mind on god and he is worshiping that tells us a lot about how we are to handle those seasons of life where we don't know what else to do we are he is literally in a cave with nowhere to go and he's waiting for this danger to pass and what does he do he worships I don't know about you, but that's not always my response when I'm facing something like that. Sometimes I just want to cry or I want to hide under my covers or I want to hide in the bathtub or I want to just withdraw from the world. But what we see here pictured for us with David is he's using that moment for worship. Why? There's power in worship. And if we're talking about this covenant relationship with God, worship is part of that relationship where we're able to to take our hearts to a place where we say, okay, God, you are worthy. Even when I don't understand, you are worthy of my praise. That's powerful. So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead and reread Psalm 57 for us. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts whose men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path. They have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Father God, we lay our hearts bare before you and we say that our hearts are fixed on you. Lord God, help us to recognize this love, this covenant love that you have for us and the faithfulness and the trust that we can have in that covenant that that you intervene on our behalf, even when we don't even know that we are being followed and chased by the enemy. Lord God, there are so many times where we are even unaware 
aware of what the enemy is doing and how he's after us. But yet we know that we have a God who stands in between us, that we can rest in in the faithfulness of knowing that you have our backs. Lord God, I pray that when we are in situations where we don't know what else to do, that we would look to David's example and we would worship you, that the overflow of our heart would be to worship you because we know that your love is trustworthy. God, we thank and we praise you for the way you continue to reveal yourself to us through your word. It's powerful. We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.